This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts. Specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF Podcast. It's Friday, June 16th. Back at BOF Voices 2022, we were pleased to welcome the pioneering 89-year-old entrepreneur, Dame Stephanie Shirley. Dame Stephanie discussed her life working with early computers at London's Post Office Research Center and how, against all odds, she created a software company for and run by other ambitious women valued at almost $3 billion. You can always tell ambitious women by the shape of our heads. They're flat on top, and that comes from being patted patronizingly. (laughs) This week on the BOF podcast, Dame Stephanie discusses the hurdles she had to overcome as a woman in the technology industry, the growth of her influential company, Freelance Programmers, and warns us about the growing power of giant technology companies. Here's Dame Stephanie Shirley on the BOF podcast. I'm here today to open this session on technology and innovation. And it has an emphasis on technology as a force for good. And as a so-called unicorn, 
I want to demonstrate how technology has been at the core of my very being and success in technology. I think I can say without fear of contradiction that I'm the oldest person speaking on this stage at this event. There's a curious notion that some people have that older women aren't interested in fashion. Well, it isn't true. I may be nearly 90, but dressing well matters to me now as much as it's ever done. And so does succeeding in the software business and at whatever else one puts one's hands to, which in my case nowadays is venture philanthropy. I'm the first person to give so much away, about 70 million sterling, as to take me out of the rich list. Let me share with you my personal story. I've had an interesting life, but it wasn't meant to be interesting. And I wasn't always Steve Shirley. I was born Vera Buchtal into a professional household in Dortmund. But my father was Jewish. And in 1939, I arrived in Britain at the age of five as one of the hundreds of uh, child refugees who were whisked out of Germany and Austria at the time of the Nazi government by the kinder transport. So I'm a kinder transport child. And I was lucky. My experience as a refugee might have scarred me forever, but instead I learned to be self-reliant and to make the best of what life offers me. I learned not to be afraid of change, however disruptive it might seem. And as I grew older and more confident, I realized that change is often welcome. Indeed, that I could initiate change, and when it was necessary. And that sense of personal empowerment took time to develop, but it's never left me. As a very young woman in the 1950s, I worked for the post office research station at Dollis Hill in North London. It sounds rather quaint now, but in those days, it was one of the most advanced research organizations in the world. And some of the earliest computers were developed there, and the work I was doing as a junior was still at the very cutting edge of technological achievement. In those days, I used to wear a grey skirt suit for work with a white blouse and a little black velvet ribbon round my neck in sort of a vestigial tie. I dressed as an honorary man. This was what I thought serious young women doing a serious job were supposed to look like, and I was quite happy to fit in. But I was less happy with my career prospects. I soon realized that I was a second-class citizen. The post office had two pay scales, one for men and one lower for women. And I resented this. When strong young men used to offer to carry my equipment for me, I used to reply somewhat aggressively, I believe in equal pay and will carry my own things. <laughs> Nowadays, I sigh. Oh, how kind. Thank you so much. 
I was a woman in a world where women were promoted only reluctantly, deemed incapable of responsibility. You could always tell ambitious women by the shape of our heads. They're flat on top, and that comes from being patted patronizingly. <laughs> When I applied unsuccessfully for promotion, I was told that men had actually resigned from the appointments board rather than have to consider if I was, should get the job. Why? Because they disapproved on principle of women holding managerial roles. So in 1962, I decided to go it alone. I was sick and tired of sexism. I wanted to build an organization that was family-friendly, flexible to the extreme. And I guess that other women would like that sort of environment too. It was one of the first high-tech companies in Britain. It was called Freelance Programmers, and that's exactly what it was when it started. And it was a pioneer in several ways. It was a company of women, a company for women an early social business, a software house which recruited professionally qualified women who had left the industry, which was common in those days, on marriage or when their first child was expected. Our staff all worked from home, long before it was fashionable. One of our earliest projects was writing the software for Concorde's black box flight recorder. Few knew or guessed that the task was carried out by a team of 30 women working from their kitchen tables with primitive technological aids. People told me, well, men told me, that there was no market for a computer software house like ours because software at that time was given away free with the hardware. And we proved them wrong. We were not above a little subterfuge. In the early days, when no one replied to my business development letters, and they were letters then, I learned that if I signed them Stephanie Shirley, nobody replied. But if I used the family nickname of Steve and Steve Shirley, customers would not only read them, but pick up the phone to reply. And when they discovered that Steve was actually a woman, they were already half-hooked. <laughs> I started the business with all of six pounds. And in the year 2000, by which time I'd already retired from the day-to-day -day management, the company I founded was valued at almost $3 billion. Seventy of the staff were en route to being millionaires. And I was one of the richest women in Britain. By then, clothes had become important to me. For one thing, I needed to distinguish myself, not be mistaken for a secretary. I started to wear bright colors and discovered the value of black and white. I stuck firmly to jackets so that the men would not stare at my breasts and kept a record of what I wore so that I didn't always wear the same favorite jacket visiting my favorite client. And in the 1970s, 
to avoid sexist remarks about my legs, which are still good, incidentally, <laughs> I started wearing trousers. They were wonderfully comfortable. Eventually, my wealth gave me choices I would not otherwise have had. And today, I describe myself as a venture philanthropist, dedicating to helping others benefit from my money. I'm the founder of several charities, mostly to do with autism. My only son, Giles, was profoundly autistic, and we began by creating a home for him, and now 150 young adults like him. And after he died at the age of 35, I founded Prior's Court School for pupils with autism and the most strategic of the lot, the medical research charity Autistica. And those three charities together employ over a thousand people. And I did not forget the industry that made my wealth. In May 2001, three years before the launch of Facebook and five years before Twitter, I committed over 10 million to launch the world's first research center dedicated to examining the wide-ranging impact of the internet on our lives. This was at a time when uh, people were debating if the internet was here to stay. That organization is called the Oxford Internet Institute, part of Oxford University. It's done valuable, groundbreaking work. Its researchers were among the first to draw attention to the phenomenon of fake news and its impact. It was an institute that defined the concept of big data, and its teams have significantly influenced the debate about online harms in the UK. It's also addressed one of the most worrying aspects of our modern digital world, the digital divide. But how that divide is defined has changed in the last 20 years. Of course, there are still people in the world excluded by age, poverty or lack of education from full participation. And we must do all we can to bring them into the fold. But the more worrying divide today is between the corporate and institutional haves who dictate the terms of the online world with their extraordinary power and influence. And the have-nots, the vast majority of common internet users, trying to navigate an environment in which it can be hard to know what and who is the truth. Our reliance on digital technology has placed us in the hands of powerful tech innovators and the giant corporations they spawned. They're commercially driven, deep pockets, immense technical know-how. They have the power to influence our daily lives in ways few people understand. We need to challenge them and call them to account. So who can we trust to guide us? Traditional news organizations are struggling to compete with the well-funded special interest groups. A generation ago, they would have had the resources 
to separate fact from fiction. Now, most of them are focused on survival. Technology companies such as Meta and its competitors, they want eyeballs on their website and ads to support their business models. They build products. They provide content. They're not going to be the arbiters of truth. And it's not policymakers. Most politicians are overwhelmed by the complexity of today's technology. That leaves academia and institutions such as the Oxford Internet Institute, which focuses not on the technology, but rather the social, economic, legal and ethical impacts of this network of networks. Women's role in early computing and programming has gone unrecognized. And although a lot of women were involved in the design of the internet, most of the design was by men. And my generation of women fought many battles for opportunities for work and for equal pay. And I like to think of myself as a role model for other women. And I'm still busy, still active, still trying to bring about change. I'm not an old lady going on about fossils. <laughs> But beware, the older I get, the better I used to be. <laughs> When Mozart was my age, he'd been dead already for 50 years. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Dame Stephanie, thank you so much. And the reason I was so excited to have you lead this session is because you're not just a role model for women, you're a role model for everyone. And yeah. I wanted to ask a bit of advice as a fellow entrepreneur before you exit the stage. You know, for those of us who are trying to build something like you've built, something with meaning, and purpose that has a positive impact in the world that uses technology to power a better future. What is your advice for all of the entrepreneurs <clears throat> here? Well, in a sense, the advice is the same advice as for survival. You need to be in an organization or in a sector that you know and care about. You need to do something different, not just more of the same. And you need to think big, think international, even though you may start very small. It's not necessary to give up your job even to start a company because you can do quite a lot in the early days just from weekends and evenings. I mean, I found entrepreneurism really satisfied most of my creative wishes and I am proud of having taken it to sustainability. It floated and has since 2007 was taken over by Sopra Stereo, which is a leading European organization. So I think that they are the golden rules of survival. Do something different, do it big, do it well, and think international. Thank you so much. You can catch up on all the videos from BOF Voices on our YouTube channel. Check out the link in the episode notes. The BOF podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF studio team. 
You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.